Hello and welcome to Over the Air Christian Podcast. This is part two of a three-part series giving biblical commentary towards a comment made in the political arena. A Congress hearing, to be specific, in February of the year 2020 with regards to LGBTQ and medical communities, scripture being weaponized, and lawmaking. This comment was given from said Congress hearing, quote here, I am tired of communities of faith being weaponized and mischaracterized. Another quote, the long history of a country using scripture and weaponizing scripture to justify bigotry. End quote. Bigotry here pointing to bias, discrimination, or prejudice on the basis of sexual orientation or ethnic race of a person. In part one of this podcast, I've already discussed weapons as a necessary means of preparation and responsibility in response to sin and crime, with law enforcement and policing as a parallel illustration. Can scripture be weaponized or should scripture be weaponized? These are two different questions. If you look closely and read carefully, the Bible, in fact, freely describes itself by comparison as like a weapon. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul and spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him, God, before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must give an account. Here was a rare instance where the Bible was describing itself to us and compared the word of God as living and active. It is not dead. The word of God is not dead. It is not stagnant. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. The Bible compares itself to a double-edged sword, and in so doing, it is being compared to the most reliable weapon known to man and used by a soldier at the time of his writing, a double-edged sword. And claiming the word of God to be even more effective. It is sharp, but it is even sharper, sharper than a sword, sharper than a two-edged sword. To illustrate, this statement is as provocative as saying the word of God is more powerful than an atomic bomb, or to say the word of God is more precise than a soldier's rifle. Like a double-edged sword, however, the word of God doesn't cut against flesh and blood. In Hebrews 4, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, like joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and before him no creatures is hidden. But all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must all give an account. God uses his own word in a way different from the way we use his word. God uses his word the way he intended for it to be used, like a double-edged sword dividing soul and spirit. And this is why when we try to use the word of God, we need the spirit of God to use it properly and to understand it properly. 
Only the Spirit of God can teach us the meaning of God in the Word of God. Otherwise, without the Spirit of God and in the flesh, we end up using the Word of God exactly like a double-edged sword, but cutting all the wrong things against all the wrong persons in all the wrong ways. And then it would be no wonder for someone to say, communities of faith is being mischaracterized or scripture is being weaponized. Only the Spirit of God can teach us the meaning of God in the Word of God. But the paradox here is that the Bible already describes itself as like a weapon, a sword. So the question is not whether scripture can be weaponized, but who is wielding the weapon? God the judge, the ruler, who cuts to divide soul from spirit? Or his common citizens, among and against each other? In which case you may ask, and you should ask, how do I know I am using the word of God properly by the Spirit rather than as a hurtful weapon? Well, according to what is written here in Hebrews chapter 4, when you use the word of God, you are able to distinguish soul from spirit. What are the things of human nature? And what are the things that belong to God? Are you able to discern by scripture and separate thoughts and attitudes of the heart? that points to God, apart from intentions and motives that point everything else away from God? And are you able to make that distinction? To make that distinction, you need to know who God is. What are the things pointing to God? And what are the intentions and the attitude of the heart pointing everyone and everything away from God? And to do this, you must know God very well. You must know God to understand the word of God. And you must use the word of God to know God. Most importantly, when you use the word of God, are you exalting and honoring God as the judge above all, above all of us? Here in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, nothing is hidden from God's sight. We must all give an account to God in everything. That's a very powerful and inclusive dynamic. It is so inclusive because God, through his word, sees everything and anything. Nothing is hidden. And that includes all and every kind of community. God sees it all with his word. Faith communities, LGBTQ communities, political communities, medical communities, everyone and all of everyone's needs and their dealings and provisions towards each other, God is the one who sees everything with his word. Like a sword, God sees everything, not us. This power dynamic needs clarity. The person holding the word of God is not the judge. God is the judge. In the same way, so for us to understand why on earth neither are police officers or criminals holding weapons, have any power to judge between themselves. That's up to the court. So to say scripture is being weaponized, it is certainly possible. The Bible already says so of itself. It is sharper than any human inventions. And it would be very regrettable and sobering accusation if Christians who wield the word of God and play themselves as the judge in God's place. As if police officers were to play the jury of the court on the streets. Romans 12 says, Vengeance belongs to God, and God alone will repay. Says the Lord, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Thirsty, give him a drink, and do not overcome evil by more evil, but do good in his face. 
and for any spiritual communities to be mischaracterized because scripture is being weaponized. 1 Corinthians 6 had said, if believers are taking each other to court, that's already defeat. If a religious public servant of the government calling religious communities mischaracterized, that's already falling way short of peace and love for Christian neighbors, let alone the cleansing grace of the holy gospel. James 2 says, anyone who keeps the whole law yet stumble at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Because I have offended not only the law, but also the lawmaker. The same lawmaker, God, who says you shall not murder or steal or commit fraud, also says you cannot commit adultery. And there is such a thing as sexual sin according to the law of God. And breaking any point of the law of God breaks the whole law of God against God, the lawmaker, in the same way. Christians cannot confuse themselves as the judge acting on God's law. They must also know God's heart. The stance that every Christian must take now is that I am a sinner. I've completely offended the perfect and holy law of God, regardless of my race or sexual orientation, and I am also a sinner who has offended God just like everyone before him. And out of God's firm and sure love for me through Jesus is the forgiveness of my sins. And it is my desire at this sight that I want to repent and follow him as my God, to have a new life. And it is my desire to proclaim and profess the law of God that is so good and true and full of justice, lovingly from the heart of God and lovingly for our earthly neighbors, that whoever hears it may also repent before God and come again before the judge, fearlessly in Christ Jesus and by faith. And give me the Holy Spirit to do so, because God knows I cannot do it on my own. My prayer goes out to everyone who loves the Word of God and those who has been hurt by the Word of God that was spoken. May God give you wisdom and a truth-loving heart and the strength to bear one another in forgiveness, as well as the humility to fall before the holy justice of God, Sure enough, God will lift up the humble at hearts with favor and oppose the proud. Amen. There's a part three of the series on over-the-air Christian podcast. Tune in again. And at the final part, I will discuss the legal boundaries or the limits of lawmaking to give the help that LGBTQ communities may need or any other social needs and how to fill that void as faith communities or medical professionals from the Bible's point of view. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.